Politics, culture, school, news. Podcasting from Melbourne and Wangaratta, this is the Barling and Mitchell Show. I'm Noah Barling. And I'm Sean Mitchell. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Barling and Mitchell Show this week. I'm your host, Noah Barling. As always, joining me today is none other than my co-host, Sean Mitchell. Great to be here, Noah. On the show today, we will be commemorating the 75th anniversary of the conclusion of the Second World War with a few choice words each, reflecting on the effect it has had and the impact on society since. But to start us off, we'll be welcoming our very first guest to the show to discuss mental health and how to thrive in remote learning. And as we were uh, discussing last week, uh, obviously, Sean and I, most of the show was focused on it. Um, we we're talking about COVID, especially the um, impacts it had on us in, in our remote learning. And, and we have the um, absolute pleasure today of welcoming our first guest onto the show to talk on this uh, very topic. So we'd just like to welcome uh, Sam Willoughby onto the show as our first guest. Uh, Sam, welcome. Obviously, you and I go to school together. Do you want to just... Um, tell our viewers a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on, uh, Noah and Sean. Uh, I'm a Year 12 student at uh, Galen Catholic College, like Noah here. And um, yeah, um, I'd say that uh, this whole year has come as a shock to me as, as to everyone else. Uh, and I'm just as scared as everyone else as to what's to become of this year. And if uh, we have a future to look forward to at all, really, with uh, uh, year 12 in our careers pathways um, speaking of my career pathways um, if you want to know a bit more about me I'm looking at being a possibly a writer of some sorts I'll see where I can go there and um, yeah hopefully that's uh, that's enough about me all right well let's get uh, into it so Sean and I'll just probably be alternating questions and discussion points for the uh, interview but uh, yeah I'll kick us off so um Obviously, we've had this issue with uh, a lot of people had the issue with motivation and procrastination, that kind of thing. Do you want to just, um, you know, how have you found remote learning with that? And how have you tried to combat procrastination and find a bit of motivation? Well, um, I definitely say that this time around, it's come a lot easier to me. Uh, last time, um, I was in the same boat as everyone else. So I was unmotivated. I was procrastinating every day. I, um, I think most most of the time I was just hit like thinking a uh, few of the Google Meets. I'd I'd go to Google Meet, it finished, then I'd probably just hit hit my bed. <laughs> I just sleep out, sleep out the rest of the day because I just could not do it. But this time around, I've uh, really really changed, and um, procrastination's definitely become something I can I can control. I'd reckon. Um, uh, yeah, it's thing. I I think I could say a fair bit on how. I and how anyone listening in can uh, work around it this time around. Well, certainly, Sam. What would you define procrastination as? Just before we get into it too much. Um, yes, pro procrastination. Well, it's um, you could say you could call it the demon that we all share. Um, <laughs> the um, 
Now I would have to uh, admit that there is no straightforward cure for procrastination. So, because um, what, but basically what it is, it's um, it's it occurs when our brain's trying to. It, it, it you could say it compares schoolwork to something like jarring your fingers in footy, right? So it it basically views it as pain, um, and uh, that and therefore our brain's going to try to do everything it can to to stop us from inflicting that pain onto ourselves and um, that's that's basically why we procrastinate um, so i'd say that best way to do it is to is to change try to affect how your brain is perceiving schoolwork and school and um, where you are at the moment um lovely so just um you know obviously uh, as you were saying there procrastination sort of a, almost a natural um bodily functional reflex um you know how how are we able to overcome something as as um strong as procrastination uh when it gets you know gets a solid grip on us uh yeah it's um it's quite it's quite difficult because there's you could look it up online and there's everyone's got their own idea around getting around it but um it basically comes down to changing your mindset you've got to because procrastination if if you give it attention it's gonna it gets worse it's like um it's like you're feeding it when you work against it um so instead of trying to fight it you want to try to get around it or something you could um it trick it in a way like uh so like say um if there's like a bartender who's refusing to sell you alcohol or something because you're underage you or like procrastination you can you could almost trick them with a fake id <laughs> that's the best way i could put it um so basically that would involve um, viewing, viewing it as something, viewing the schoolwork as something that you, you want to do. It's something you want to take initiative over. It's not something you're being forced to do. So, um, so you need to generally believe that like this force, that this task, I mean, hasn't been forced upon you by teachers or parents. So you don't want to, you don't also don't want to beat yourself up over it. Cause like I said, that, that kind of agitates it. Um, and it's that initiative, that real initiative that you've got to um, practice. So, like, pretend that um, that that, you, that your teacher didn't tell you to read that English book. Pretend that you made the conscious uh, decision to um, read that English book or something. Um, and and you you want to try to work as if you're trying to you're aiming to impress your teachers and parents by taking that initiative by saying. Well, I know you gave me this task to do, but I'm I'm basically doing this for myself. Um, so that's that's one one field of that mindset that you need to take when going in. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Um, so you you yourself, Sam, how have you been able to do that in a in a practical sense? Right, uh, in a practical sense. Um, well, you could say. Uh, you could say you're trying to get get down to the core of what you're actually doing. So, uh, something part of my own philosophy is I like to look for the silver lining in things, right? So, um, I don't necessarily view. Uh, so you, you want to take away the whole subject thing. You you take away. So it's not history. It's not maths. What you're learning is is um, information, data analysis, uh, written vocabulary, and all this stuff. So you want to view it as if whatever you're doing, no matter what context it is in, is that this is benefiting you on a more 
um, inner uh, level as if this is improving you in your skills as a person, as in your academic field, as in future work fields. So you don't, you need to like completely change how you're viewing your schoolwork and school in general. It's not something you're being forced to do, but something, something you, you making the decision to do for the sake of make, getting things, skills out of, you know? Um, so, yeah, in a in a practical sense, you just you just need to change how you how you're looking at your work. So, for example, um, uh, in history or something, we could be doing something on the uh, Russian Revolution or the American Revolution. I don't, and I don't. I'll, I'll take the context out of it and view it simply as um, as that. Oh, I'm getting better at um, analyzing events in history or in, even in your own lives. You could see on the news and you could go. Well, I understand now um, on a more psychological level why these people are making these decisions. So if, if you could view, if you view the stuff you do at school as if it's bettering you instead of you're trying to, instead of you trying to please someone, you're trying to please yourself. This is, this is for you and not, not for your teachers. Um, that's the best way I could say about going about it, really. You've got here, Sam, on the uh, little planning document you gave us, which is quite excellent and I'm sure people will want to be able to have access to the uh, full document which we'll discuss obviously at the end of the uh, segment but um, you've mentioned something called flow state and we're just you know Sean and I were wondering you know what is flow state um, and how does it help? Right so the flow state um, well um, you could say it's a, uh, in a scientific sense is that it's a spike it's a spike of motivation that, that can uh, hit someone quite randomly it's um, it's a psychological mental zone, you could say, that you, you enter where you're like passionate, focused, positive, and just all around screaming to smash and work out or something. Um, so this all comes under motivation. Um, and if you can catch it, you, you've got to use it well. Um, and this is something I've personally gotten so good at noticing now that when I feel it coming on or something, I'll just stop whatever I'm doing. Like I could be eating dinner and I'll stop and I'll go and do some homework or something because I'm taking advantage of it. Um, and it, it is random, but you can encourage it. Um, so basically to draw out that flow state is you could, um, you could start cleaning and uh, like what I, I do instead of doing chores or something, you could I don't know, clean the house as if it wasn't a chore. You could um, please you're in an OCD, you know, get it flowing. And um, that, that can get you into a, into a state where you're prepared to just do things for the sake of getting things done. It's, it's, a, it's a state of just constant um, motivation and, and control. Um, but like I said, it's something that can hit you randomly. Like it's not something you can always control. Well, Sam, how might um, people, I know myself, I can be quite distracted by things. How do we eliminate distractions like phones and TV and, and just general, you know, YouTube notifications and might a schedule improve and help us with this? Uh, yeah. So for phones, it's um, definitely something I, uh, I know a lot of teachers and parents would, would agree. It's not something you can easily control uh, for, for kids our age. It's like um, trying to reason with a crocodile if your hand was stuck in the jaws. It's, it's just not going to happen. So um so the best thing you could do is try to try to reason with yourself. So 
say that you could you could check your phone before school, after each class, recess, lunch, and after school, um, and anywhere else in between that's not during study or whatever. Um, but that's a lot of time to check your phone. So you put it on the other side of your room when you're not supposed to be doing schoolwork and just try to learn that self-discipline and try to reason with yourself. Say, okay, I know it's a problem, but do I really need to be checking it right now? Like, if I can do this work for 30 minutes, surely I can check it after the 30 minutes or something. And that's where a, a schedule can come in. So usually why we're, a reason why we're so much more motivated at school is because there's a schedule. And um, the best thing to do with that schedule is to, or to help motivate it is to um, go outside every recess and lunch and to move around between classes, maybe even switch up where you're actually studying and doing this, uh, the, the classwork at home to just switch it up, maybe do it in your room or do it in a, in a separate room in the house just to, 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 to move it and um, pretend that you, you've still got this solid schedule that you've stuck to. Yeah, that, yeah. that sounds um, quite, quite, uh, quite solid and, and like you've researched it all very well. Um, and, and unfortunately, uh, criminally almost time is, is pressing and we're going to have to move on to the, the next uh, section, which you've put down here, um, existential anxieties slash optimistic nihilism. And, and this is, it certainly sounds uh, fascinating and I've had a quick research of it before the show. And, and certainly I'd love for you to elaborate on that and, and, you know, just tell us how it relates to, to um, what we've just been speaking about. All right. Well, this is a quite, it's definitely quite an advanced philosophy or perspective you could say on uh, on life to help remove any anxieties around um, the moment because a lot of people have anxieties around um, ATAR and and our COVID has like rudely stomped down on your academic potential in a way and that can create a lot of anxiety for people if they've, they've gone or oh, what, what is what am I here to do now that, uh, that my plans have been ruined or even if I didn't have any plans like what am I supposed to do, do with myself next year in university or in between um, and that can be a lot for someone to deal with um, and um, personally, I, I can understand because that's something I'd go through um, last year a lot with talking about uh, careers. So I've kind of developed this idea around my own perspective around um, a philosophy called optimistic nihilism. And uh, it's quite advanced. So it'd be, it'd be good that if I can uh, write this stuff out in a document that um, you can access after the podcast or something. But basically what this is, is... Um, uh, it was an idea reinforced by uh, a man by uh, the name of Yuval Noah Harari uh, in his book *Sapiens*, which is uh, my all-time favourite book. Um, but it's basically separating what's real and what's not. So, um, pers personal things, the biological things—that's uh, something you'd group into a real category. Um, so that's like sleep, communicating, caring, loving, creating that type of stuff, that's called the real category. And then there's the unreal stuff, which is like society, government, basically things that we've developed over time and, and come up with. Um, and basically you're trying to try to separate that from yourself. You, you're trying to replace where you, your source of happiness is coming from. So a lot of people think that um, to get happy to that success comes before happiness. Well, if you can master happiness and get, gain that holistic approach to, gaining your, to controlling your emotions, that can then get you to success. A lot of people associate um, 
happiness with appealing to society to to get in grades at school and getting money um, and then until you like retire and die basically but if you can instead put that second and maybe work towards finding happiness in your own self and your own life um, and accepting that basically that there's these things aren't real that these are just these are things that we've come up with to help push society along and help develop humanity in a way but if you can place your happiness inside um, your own world you can adjust that to the unreal stuff which is society and all that um, it's a bit complicated to understand at first but basically it's it's trying to put where your priorities and where your own belief and purpose really lays is it is your purpose getting grades, getting the job, getting the money and retiring, dying, or is your, is your purpose being happy, fulfilled, um, always doing things, uh, feeling healthy and happy and um, that you're in a relationship or something. So it's all about getting your priorities right. And that can really help people shift their view on, on their own existential um, position in this time period during COVID. Well, that's certainly very interesting, Sam. And that is great context for what you've put down as the, the next topic, uh, anxiety, feeling down, lonely, and stoicism. Would you be able to introduce us to that? Right. Um, yeah, it's, I love, it's uh, such an interesting topic, stoicism. Uh, it's a philosophy that can just basically help advance your situation in any, any emotional um, disruption that you may be facing, either that's internally or externally. Um, and basically what that is, is um, confronting your own emotional disruptions. So um, for example, you could be feeling quite overwhelmed all of a sudden um, with feelings of loneliness, despair, tiredness or unhappiness. And these can be spiked by anything. It could be spiked from social media or from the news or, um, or something, that is, something that's occurred that, uh, can quite upset you. Um, but basically stoicism involves, so it's good old Greek stoicism and it involves um, creating two categories in your mind, once again, like previous philosophy, and that would be into something you can control and something you can't control. So what's external and what's internal. Um, so for example, the fact that lockdown was going to mean less parties, less time spent with friends, no holidays and camp trips after school or something. Um, and that the economy could be going downhill. It's all those really overwhelming things. But if you could all put that into external events and something that you cannot control, um, then it becomes much more manageable. So uh, you could compare it to stubbing your toe or something. So if you woke up this morning and knew that at 11 o'clock, you would stub your toe on the door, you'd be anxious all day thinking about it, right? So, um, and, um, but basically you can't, you cannot, typically typically control something like that from happening to you in the future so there's there's obviously no need to worry about it because it's not something you can control um, but then there's the second group um, which is the something you can control this could be feelings of loneliness and tiredness and unhappiness and for example for loneliness you could um, you could treat it by texting your friends once a day or checking on how they're going and then um, then checking on yourself. So that can help soothe that own um, internal 
part of stuff you can control. Yeah. That, that sounds, um, <clears throat> excuse me, fantastic. Um, and, and as we're just sort of drawing, uh, unfortunately, we've got about five minutes left um, criminally. Uh, we just, <clears throat> you've got here, what can you, you know, what can you eat? How can you sleep? Those sort of strategies. And, and I'm sure after listening to the, the um, information you've given us, the, the listeners might be wondering, you know, what kind of strategies can help them, uh, you know, maintain that positive outlook in um, isolation and um, a, a strong, uh, committed goal towards schooling, especially. Yeah, I could brush over this stuff and uh, oh yeah, I can expand on it on a written document of some sorts, but there's, there's tons to it with um, your diet and how you sleep. It's basically sleep, um, there's tons more I can go into here, but with, with sleep is that if you can get a good circadian rhythm going, um, you're not drinking alcohol before uh, in the evening before bed, you're not eating uh, three hours before bed, you're not on your screens, all these things that can really help you get that sleep, um, which is so important because it, sleep if it has this tremendous effect on your body. There's so many, like the, the uh, science of sleep is so sophisticated, but basically all you need to know is that sleep is important and it will help you with schoolwork, feeling more motivated and to punch through procrastination helps feeling less depressed, less anxious, more creative. It's, um, it's just the science is huge. Um, but as for diet, um, best thing you t can do is to, Try not to just try not to drink. I know there's no parties going on, so people might drink at home. It's best just not to drink at all, unless it's a Friday night. Maybe um, try to eat lots of green vegetables, nuts, seeds, uh, dark chocolate. That can help with study food, um, like something you can eat while you're studying. That's great. That can, they can really help, uh, especially with omega threes and some meats and stuff with brain development and easing of anxieties. Uh, probiotics in yogurt is great for like gut health, which can help reduce anxiety and um, and like feelings of just dissatisfaction during your schoolwork. Um, and don't uh, try to limit as, uh, your sugar as much as possible. Sugar is something that can help um, really uh, increase headaches. Um, it can just uh, contribute to a real brain fog and like a, a it can really motivate bad types of procrastination. Certainly, Sam. And before we finish up in this segment, is there anything else uh, people can do with regards to all the ideas that you've uh, discussed in this segment? There's uh, tons I could, I could talk all day, but uh, <laughs> shortest way of saying it is, is meditation is something that's great. You need to do more of. So go outside, listen to some calm music while you walk around by yourself. Um, journal always take note of like write down self analyze your day and um, take try to increase your awareness of your emotions that's something if you can gain control of your emotions you can do anything and you can get through any type of work um, so there's apps like calm and insight timer and then there's my favorite which is dailyo and these uh, these apps can help with meditation staying calm and tracking your emotions and like a digital journal in a way um, and just just remember that uh, um, through all, throughout all this, happiness can enable success. And that's the most important thing to, to understand is that emotions really, uh, emotions are so much greater than intelligence in the game of school. Fantastic. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
And and unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. Though I I could absolutely uh, listen for hours. I've already just gotten a three or four pages of notes just from that little section. And uh, obviously, you've been uh, talking about you know a written document with all this stuff, which would be very handy for the listeners. Um, so I was just thinking, you know, they could probably send um, onto our Instagram account, the Barling and Mitchell Show. Just send us a direct message if you'd like, like, um, like a copy of the information Sam's got, and we'll make sure that you get a copy of that as soon as possible. Because uh, certainly, it's it's some excellent stuff you've you've said there, Sam, and, and I'm certainly uh, looking forward to applying it to uh, my day to day life. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you very much for uh, coming on to the Barling and Mitchell show and uh, hopefully we'll uh, see you around again. Will do. And as we were saying um, before uh, we had that excellent section with Sam. Uh, it's 75 years since um, VJ Day, uh, Victory in Japan Day, and we thought we might just commemorate that, um, say a few words to perhaps capture the feeling. Um, and when I think about VJ Day, you know, I think about certainly the um, British Prime Minister and King at the time, uh, Winston Churchill and King George the Sixth, and and their you know their stoicism and their their attitude, which was which was never give up, it was always continue on. I remember at the um, start of the war, um, King George made a, a speech and it encapsulated what we were fighting against. And he, and he says, and I quote: "Such a principle, stripped of all disguise, is surely the mere primitive doctrine that might is right." And if this principle were established throughout the world, the freedom of our own country and of the whole British Commonwealth of Nations would be in danger. But far more than this, the people of the world would be kept in bondage of fear and all hopes of settled peace and of the security of justice and liberty among nations would be ended. And I certainly think that encapsulates everything that we were fighting against with the tyranny of Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party and the horrors they committed. And certainly uh, when things were grim, we saw the resolve of the British people and, and by proxy the people of the West, um, Australia, New Zealand, Canada. Uh, when, when Winston Churchill made that famous, famous speech, um, you know, we'll fight them on the beaches and, and on, the landing, on the landing grounds, you know, in France, in the seas and in the oceans whatever the cost may be, um, never surrender. You know, the, the, the faith in in what we have as, as a country, as, as, as a whole uh, empire and commonwealth was there and it still should be here today because certainly uh, the threats of, of Nazi Germany are, are gone but there are other nations and states that, that seek to pursue a authoritarian dictatorial regime and when King George made a speech on VJ Day he said and I quote but the relief from past dangers must not blind us to the demands of the future we stand today with our whole empire in the forefront of the victorious United Nations 
Great, therefore, is our responsibility to make sure, by the actions of every man and every woman here and throughout the Empire and Commonwealth, that the peace gained amid measureless trials and suffering should not be cast away. And certainly, we should treasure that peace that we have and still had for many, many years, and we must, you know, take our responsibility seriously to ensure that peace is kept. And certainly we just commend the... Um, the sacrifice of, of the people who served uh, on the front line and back at home in every capacity, sacrificing time, some sacrificing their lives, unfortunately. And we should never forget what they have given to their nation. I think, uh, Sean, you were going to say something? On this 75th anniversary of the end of the Second World War, one can hardly resist drawing similarities and parallels from that time to now. Indeed, the whole COVID crisis is international, global. It is, like the war, a world crisis. But COVID is not the Second World War, and we ought to draw that line when we talk about this. In my view, the Second World War was a great struggle between tyranny and freedom, between good and evil, between civilization and utter, depraved barbarity. We ought to remember the millions of men and women who served both on the front lines and in the factories, homes and ports of our nations. These men made an unsaid promise to give their life, not just for Australians and Australia, though this was certainly a huge part of it, but for the whole united peoples of the world. The Australians who died on the track in the blood-drenched mud at Kokoda died for the Brit, for the Chinaman, and for the Filipino, and for the Papuan under Japanese despotism. The American who, did, who died advancing deep into Hurtigan Forest died not only for Americans, but for the French, the Dutch, the German and the Belgian suffering under a monstrous Nazi tyranny. The Briton, who died freezing in the cold seas of the Atlantic, died for the Norwegian, the Italian, the Pole, and the Dane. The great powers, the great democracies of the world, united to defend sovereignty, freedom, and way of life. Not just for their own, but for that of others too. We united to defend civilization against the monstrous Nazi and fascist bullies and the wicked militarists of Japan, who sought to totally destroy it. Now, in August 2020, we know that if tyranny was not confronted there, then, together, by a united nations, then it would be confronted alone as the Czechs and the Chinese could attest to. We ought, now, 75 years later, to remember them, and lest we forget, and to strive to swear to uphold that civilization, that ideal, that freedom, for which they saved from the claws of the beasts of tyranny. We must always remember our brave servicemen and women, and the sacrifices they've made to give us the blessing of being free Australians. Unfortunately, that is all we have time for this week. 
You can find us on Instagram at the Barley and Mitchell show. Hopefully we'll be able to post some of Sam's information and writings up there during the coming week. This has been the Barling and Mitchell show. I'm your host, Noah Barling. And I'm Sean Mitchell. See you next week.